It's your boy B-Rob, and I am back with another edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, I appreciate you oh so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody recommended you to me, grab your multimedia device of choice and send them a well-crafted DM using the social media app of your choice to tell them thank you for recommending you to me. Speaking of social media, you can find the Random Rambles with Rob on various platforms, platforms, Chris platforms, uh, to include Twitter at 3R Show, Instagram at The 3R Show. You can find me on Facebook by searching the Random Rambles with Rob or going to facebook.com forward slash 3R show. And you can find some videos and interviews and things on YouTube. Just look for 3R show. And for anything that I may have forgotten or missed, you can go to randomrob.com and find all that information there. Joining me is a guest. Of course, that's what you come here for here. The interesting conversations that I have with random strangers from the Internet and beyond Um, Mm. from another place on this earth that I would like to go. Oh, so much. And it's it's becoming a a theme. I'm going to have to play these episodes back to back. But uh, previous to this episode, because now I've done committed to it, so I have to play these episodes back to back. <laughs> um, I had Jonathan Bell, which is known as the Seattle Superman here on the show. And we talked about things and how he got up there to Seattle, which I think we talked about more off air than we did on air. But he has an interesting story. He's an interesting man. Um, friend of the show, Andre Psyche, making his uh, third or so appearance on this podcast. We had a catch up a couple episodes back and everything which y'all can uh, look that up in the archives on your podcasting platform of choice and now i have a businessman that's up in the seattle area we share a mutual friendship with andre and um he's here to promote things and stuff and shoot the shit with rob like everybody else do when they come up on the podcast so joining me now is steve moore ceo uh, curator, creator of Camping Car. Did I say that right? Because yeah, that's that's right. I mean, I, we don't, you know, CEO. That might be taking it a bit far. Uh, uh, currently, you know, there's a few of us who are kind of the founders. And we don't, we haven't, we haven't given that title to anyone because we're like, you know, one, it's 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 a big title. It's like we're, you know, we're not looking to necessarily institute some kind of big traditional mm-hmm. business dictatorship right off the bat with someone who's like the man in charge, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, the one, the f- title we've been going with is the managing director and yeah, you know, I appreciate you having me on here and, uh, being so just like open and willing to talk to strangers online just cause you know, we happen to know some of the same people and just you're, uh, it's really appreciated. Yeah. And we're just going against everything that our parents told us not to do when we were uh, children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny, like, 
all the don't talk to strangers on the internet thing and then it, like one day you find that it's like necessary to do that to advance your career and like make a living it's like i have to talk to strangers on the internet mom it's not like i have a choice anymore you know and then also uh don't take rides from strangers uber lyft <laughs> uber yeah I, I, it's it's so funny because it, I mean the whole you know like anything new in the world they face so much backlash from the the powers that be in their own respective kind of industries and people you know had the same argument it was like well how much how much uh, personal vetting are we really doing for our taxi drivers like mm-hmm. you know we we give them some kind of thorough mental background check and long interviews and put them in stressful situations it's really kind of all the same as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, they had a movie about a taxicab killer. They had uh, yeah. taxicab confessions. They had um, the little taxicab game show where the dude ride around and give you cash prizes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that on TV when I was a kid. I wonder if that one's still going. I don't know. I haven't seen too much about it. You would think in the age of uh, social media and whatnot, something like that would be more prevalent online and everything. But I haven't really seen nothing about it. I mean, there's just, like, so much out there right now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, 10 people with, like, over a million followers doing their own version of that game show on Instagram with, like, massive fan bases. And I'll just, I'll never find out because there's just, it's just not something I'm going to look at. And also, just the sheer volume of content that exists in the world today is so much. Have you ever heard of the um, TV series Boy Meets World? Oh yeah, I watched that a bunch when I was when I was a young lad growing up and you know looking for uh, relatable, impressionable TV content. Oh, yeah, and, and plus everybody loved Topanga. Surely, yes, I want Topanga, Topanga. <laughs> uh, let me get a little boo on that. No, it didn't work. My my soundboard. Oh no, is failing me. <laughs> anyway, but um, interestingly enough, you talk about um instagram and game shows and whatnot her and her husband have been hosting a show to where they give away items out of their house it's just like shit they just random shit they give away <laughs> out of their house for people who is it in. like is it just like really mundane normal stuff like this is a half used box of q-tips and it's worth a lot of money because it came from my house or well, it was is it like well more well, interesting a little more <laughs> interesting i think um she I heard her on another podcast and uh, she was talking about it and it was, she was like, um, I had some old pop vinyls and everything that I sent and uh, we had a waffle iron and just, you know, just random shit out of their house. <laughs> nice, nice waffle iron. That's, you know, that not only is that, you know, that there's some historic value there, but they're also very useful. I mean, we just bought, uh, my house just bought its first waffle iron last week because we really wanted to make chicken waffles and we didn't have one. And we're like, well, you know what? This is, this is our time. We got to make this purchase. Yes, it's just that combination of uh, meal items didn't seem appealing. But um, after hearing so much about the famous Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles out there in Caliway, I've always for a lifetime goal want to go to Los Angeles and have Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. But it started to make its way all over the um, the map now and it's starting to where you can even go to like I think KFC or some shit like that and get chicken and waffles in certain restaurants around here you can get chicken and waffles but still oh yeah even though those things are around I still want to make the journey to Los Angeles and go to Roscoe's chicken and waffles I mean I respect that if you've never had it like 
it's definitely one of those things where I would recommend making your first experience a high quality one if you can. Word. So, I mean, you're in you're in Houston though, right? I mean, there's got to be a good chicken and waffles place somewhere oh, yeah, yeah. somewhere around your yeah, neck they, of the woods. Yeah, so they got a, a plenty of few, but I mean, I want that one because of right the, on the name and the claim. <laughs> sure. Yeah. More power to you, man. Follow your dreams. <laughs> You sounded like an inspirational T-shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> My parents are both teachers, ah, and so well. I definitely like. I'm not a teacher, and I probably never will be. But I, I feel like I embody some of the, you know, kind of the the love of, uh, you know, just you know, inspirational phrases and uh, other other things that teachers are kind of prone to throwing out on a regular basis. You know. So I mean. Other than um, having your business here, the camping car and whatnot, mm-hmm. I mean, it was uh, inspired by something that you do, correct? Or are you a joint venture? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, it's kind of like uh, there's definitely a story arc to the whole thing. I mean, I, you know, after graduating college, kind of dipped into the nonprofit world. I worked for the Red Cross and then I got a really awesome job that I was at for about three years uh, working for a kind of a trail maintenance nonprofit. And then so like they, they also are like a big hiking guide information source for Washington state hikers. They're called Washington trails association. Mm-hmm. So I worked there for like three years. It was just one of those great jobs where you, you work, you have a good boss, you've got good coworkers, like, you know, you get good work done, but you also like shoot the shit with people on the day to day. It's for your efforts, sir. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, um, a good, a good time at that job. And I, uh, really felt like I learned a lot working there and gained a lot of understanding about like what good careers and good positive work environments look like. And, um, I was about 27 and I decided like, you know, this is a great job. Like I'm happy here, but I kind of, had this itch to go do some travel and do some more exploration and kind of live out some of my, you know, you know, dwindling younger years, um, doing something, doing something kind of extravagant. And so I've been playing music for, you know, a couple of years, kind of semi-professionally kind of like Andre, you know, some, yeah. you know, some solo acoustic stuff and, um, really enjoyed, you know, and grew, grew into that as well. Uh, around the same time I had this job and, uh, there's this place, uh, you know, you might have heard of it called Alaska. And I, I just was, I, I had taken a trip up there for just like a week, a long weekend. Um, and really, you know, kind of fell in love with it. Really just like was so inspired by its, you know, immense natural beauty and emptiness. And I really wanted to spend more time up there. And so I just kind of hatched this plan to like quit my job and, convert my little Honda element into like a tiny home on wheels. And I was going to just travel around and play music in rural parts of the Canada and Alaska and, um, make money just kind of rolling into random towns and playing at whatever spot would have me. And, uh, so I kind of put all this planning into this and, you know, just went up there and, and did it for six whole months. I just traveled around and, you know, hit any town and any venue I could and really had an amazing experience just doing that and seeing that part of the world and being out on my own kind of in a really real, like lonely, like way for the first time in my life, like really not 
having any kind of established social network of anyone I really knew well at all mm-hmm. to, to fall back on and just kind of throwing myself out there to the universe in that way for a period of time. And it was, it was really amazing. I mean, it was definitely scary sometimes and yeah. lonely and, and all that business, but it, yeah, I mean, just kind of led to a lot of, you know, reflection and growth and ultimately like, you know, kind of the long and short of it is that people liked my little conversion I had done in the Honda element. They were always kind of telling me, people would tell me things like, Oh, I would buy one of those or you should make a business, you know, doing those. And, you know, after I got home after the trip was over and came back to Washington, a old friend of mine from high school and I decided to kind of do it to actually make, start making the things. And, you know, we're in our first year of operating and just kind of moving forward with that, you know? Word. So, yeah, little, little small pieces of logistics. So, you were yeah. in Seattle, you went up through Canada, went to Alaska, and, and the like. So, here, you were in the United States, so you had to get a passport to go up into Canada. So, how was that? This is like, all right, United States, Canada, then back into the United uh-huh. States, which is off way in the Ozarks of the corner of the <laughs> Northern America <laughs> and shit. So, it's out there, yeah. <laughs> So how was that that uh that journey way up into you know leaving the states, going into Canada, going back into the states? Yeah, I mean, so I already had a passport um, from some pre- previous travels. Um, I had gone to China uh, when I was in high school for like this marching band competition during the Whoa, Olympics. Oh wait but, a minute! Wait a minute! Uh, wait a minute! Wait a minute. <laughs> so your what your high school goes to China to do band competition? Uh. It wasn't my high school specifically. It was like I got recruited by ah, a university okay. Very well. band instructor um, during like a state competition to do like this international marching band um, that he was like the director of the American portion. So he like picked me and my friend from like it was like a combination of high school students and university students from around the country, like getting together in Washington to practice and then going to China and like collaborating with all these other gotcha. international bands from around the world, the world. Yeah. I was about to say, um, yeah, I was about, you, you, you giving us a peep into your background, talking about a high school <laughs> going to goddamn China for some band playing, but you know, you got recruited. What, what, what instrument? Yeah. Yeah. What instruments? But that was, oh man, that was back when I was a tuba player, like a sousaphone, tuba. like, you know, the arch, the big boom, 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 boom. Oh, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> you need some yeah, lungs a for that. A different time for sure. Yeah, yeah, you got all the lung power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it 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 playing that will definitely stretch out and increase your lung capacity if you do it long enough. So, you said the journey, you know, just riding around, and being on your own, you know, absorbing nature and finding your interest into true self and whatnot during your spirit quest. <laughs> um, how uh, you said that was about six, a six month deal or. Yeah. Yeah. It was about six months. Uh, you know, I took about, uh, two every, the, the times in and out, mm-hmm. it was about two weeks in Canada each time. So it'd be like cross the border. No, no big deal. You know, it's like, I'm just like some dude with the, you know, I'm going on a trip. Don't worry about me, Mr. <laughs> border guard. Um, and, uh, you know, two weeks in Canada, just driving up, like, it's very empty there. Once you get past the border, it's like, you know, kind of like Alaska in that part of Canada. It's just very mountainous and open and not a lot of people, especially like up in the Yukon. That's like, 
an area the size of California with 30,000 people in it. It's just like, shit, there's no one there. It's, it's so <laughs> empty. So, um, <laughs> previous to, uh, making your journey up to, through Canada and Alaska and everything, um, I had to ask you, have you seen the thing 30 days of night or any other, of those, uh, Northern, uh, snowy area, scary place story movies. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching 30 days of night when I was, when I was like a teenager and it's scaring, scaring the crap out of me. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of like real <laughs> stuff to be afraid of in that part of the, of the country. Like that, that like far outshadowed any of the like potential fictional stuff, but it is like, a place a part of the world where your imagination like goes crazy like because especially if you're alone because yeah. i mean it's an intense climate there's bears some of the people up there you know it's like anywhere people there's weird people but like if someone weird up there gets a hold of you like helps really yeah, far away exactly <laughs> so you you are sir a braver man than i <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, The Thing is one of my favorite movies and everything. And it's just like to be out there isolated. I don't even think they was in Alaska. Now. They might have been in Antarctica for the movie's sake or whatnot. But right. They, but they could have been somewhere up that way. But it was just like to be that far out away, isolated. Me, I'm getting the Joneses thinking about how far I am from a Walmart. So I'm just like, <laughs> ah, 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 I can't go down my clearance bin and <laughs> give me some markdown Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah i definitely had some people like kind of when i was telling them about the plan they're like you sure that's a good idea and i'm like i'm pretty sure like i'll, I'll be fine um there's definitely there was definitely moments though where it was like you're like i had one moment where i was gonna stop at this hot spring um that was up in northern british columbia like there was a really great like kind of middle ground between two of my stops and people had been telling me like you gotta go to this hot spring it's amazing and warm and just the best thing to do after driving for eight hours and so i i got there and it was it was like early april so i'm up in the rocky mountains in northern canada and it's like i get there and it's like getting dark and i really want to go but it's cold it's like nine degrees fahrenheit like easily single digits well below freezing and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm here. Like I, I have to go tomorrow. I can't like hang around. So this is my, this is my chance. Like I got to go to this hot spring. Like it's, it's apparently so amazing. So I, I start walking over there and by myself, there's one car at the parking lot. So I'm like, okay, maybe I won't be alone. Maybe it'll be like some other people hanging out and I'm walking over and these guys, these two guys are coming out and they're like, they've got like thick Russian accents and I'm like, oh, Hey, right. like, is there anyone else left at the hot spring? And one of them just looks at me and he's like, uh, no, my friend, it's just you and mother nature. And I'm like, all right, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And so I get there and, uh, I, I jump in and it is, it is a wonderful hot spring. It was super warm. It was just perfect. And it was really great for like a half hour. But then like, the wind started howling through the valley and it was really dark and something in me just kind of snapped. And I just kind of like the panic, the panic set, you know, like the imagination started running crazy. And I was like, this is too much isolation. I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. And I, I get out of the hot spring and I dry myself off and I start kind of walking fast back to my car. And 
my hair just like freezes. I've got long <laughs> hair and it just like froze instantly and started making this like clanging like icicle wind chime noise next to my ears from like the particles of hair touching each other. And I was just so freaked out. Like, I don't think I've ever been so freaked out in my life as I was in that moment. Um, uh, but you know, it was just like, I went to bed, I warmed up and I woke up the next morning and was like, well, that was, that was bizarre. Let's, let's, let's move on with the day and see what, see what today brings, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's just like, all right, you talk about hot springs and I guess, you know, it's, all right, I guess, but it's just like it's hot water in the cold. <laughs> and it's like I, I'm good. I've been in a hot tub before, so I'm all, I'm all right. <laughs> I I appreciate that perspective because I I acknowledge that like I have a kind of um over the top infatuation with natural space spaces and um you know you know the the just the really far removed kind of away from humanity extreme places in the world is just like it's kind of my jam you know mm-hmm. um and it definitely I, I definitely get it's not everyone's thing but uh it's kind of the thing that i've like really based a lot of my sort of general aspirations and um sort of enjoyment of life around to a large extent mm-hmm. yeah and i get it because i mean if you're gonna go up there and you know do what it is that you're going to do. I mean, you might as well take advantage of, you know, the culture and the things that they have in your surrounding area, especially if you out there in the Ozarks, not with nothing around and not shit to do. I mean, you got to have some kind of (laughs) entertainment. Uh, That's so true. I mean, and it's just like the people up there, like they really embrace it really deeply. And it's just crazy because like, you know, they, they live in it like, you know, year round and it's like for seven months out of the year it's below freezing and like for three of those months it's really below freezing and like barely daylight at all like you get like you get like one or two hours of daylight a day i don't of get like that. full i don't, I don't yeah i don't and, get it <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you you know like you think my story is crazy just hang out with some of those people who lived up there their whole life and like you know, they'll, they'll tell you about the time they, in the middle of January, took their snowmobile into the mountains to go skiing and ran out of gas and had to call their buddy with a helicopter to bring out, like, gasoline and vodka for them to, like, get home safely. It's like... Call my y- buddy with a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> to come get me. <laughs> I'm out of gas. I'm going to die unless you come get me. <laughs> and bring vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, that, that's and the like, that's the culture. That's, that's how they mix normal. that gasoline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I got mad respect for that. Like, you know, ultimately, like, if anything, my time up there was like, you know, I was there from April to October, you know, late September, which is like the the quote unquote nice time to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, I was very like at the end of that experience. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go back to Seattle. And go enjoy my city where it, you know, only snows once or twice a year. Um, and we can, you know, go out and still do mountain stuff. But we have a relatively reasonable climate that's not trying to kill me all the time, you know. To where it can rain on me and not freeze and kill me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, like, it, it is definitely, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, up there in the north of 
continent is the prettiest place I've been. But like, I feel like personally having grown up, you know, down here in the lower 48, it was clear that like, if I was going to adjust to that lifestyle and that climate and just being up there all the time, it was going to take a long time and it was going to be like a pretty, uh, pretty arduous experience, you know? Word. Now, um, in your trek, in your journey up and through Canada and Alaska and whatnot, you said you converted your Honda Element, which is one of the, like, almost like a box van and something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, yeah, mean, there are what like, are some of the modifications yeah. you made to it? So, yeah, the Honda Element, they're like the, they're kind of like a boxy SUV, like, like a CRV or something like that, but with like way taller walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, basically what we did is like my old, uh, buddy and our co-founder of the business, Martin, he's a, he's an engineer by trade and, uh, he, he created like a platform bed with, you know, room for storage of gear underneath and a little like sort of cabinet unit on the side. There was enough room for me to put like a twin bed back there mm-hmm. and keep all of my essentials, um, stored underneath the platform and on the, in the cabinet on the side. And I had like a little Thule, you know, kind of cargo box on top as well. Um, but he, he designed it in a 3D modeling program called Rhinoceros, which is the main program he uses for our business projects nowadays. And then, um, you know, we cut it out with a CNC machine using plywood, which is, you know, like for those who don't know, it's like a CNC is like a kind of a wood, uh, a wood router mm-hmm. on like a XY axis that kind of perfectly cuts things out to your specification that you would input from the, the modeling program. And so it makes it really easy um, if you know how to use that tool to, you know, make complicated um, things and put them together pretty easily uh, once, once it's cut everything out. So we did that, we assembled it, filled it up with gear. And that was kind of the original project that prompted us to, to start making these things professionally um, because it was like not, not a, uh, not like a super saturated market. I mean, it's kind of new ground uh, in terms of a business and it's still something we're very much figuring out how to navigate because there isn't like a proven kind of large scale market for these kinds of products yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're kind of going for is like coming in and being one of the, you know, there's companies out there that do these like huge van conversions. They'll take like your yeah. Mercedes Sprinter van and for a hundred grand, they'll turn it into like a really nice kind of mobile apartment with, wi-fi and a toilet that tells you you're the best but um <laughs> I, I mean it's just not like practical for most people it's not like affordable for one like i don't have a hundred grand to spend on van um and it's also just like you know i mean it's cool don't get me wrong i appreciate it for what it is but it's also like when you're out there dirt bagging and you know traveling around and you know getting dirty like do you really need that fancy van condo or is it okay just to have something in the back of your car that you can store your gear in and sleep in you know to me that was more than enough even traveling in a place that has much fewer amenities than i'm used to so that's kind of the founding vision uh, based on our experiences really bringing that to the forefront for people so they can have more flexibility in the way they want to travel word so i mean you fabricate these things with the CNC. I mean, obviously uh, from, well, I'm not going to say obviously, but um, I've been looking into the CNC things and whatnot. Cause I looked up a router cause I was looking into getting one, 
because I am currently constructing a studio in my garage. So I'm oh, yeah. instead of going to Ikea or, you know, Walmart or something like that and buying a pre-made disc or, you know, or, you know, a pre-constructed disc, I thought about making my own. And I was going to, you know, use the router to do the, um, the outer edges, the roundovers, and, you know, maybe a little bit of um, inlays in the desk for my equipment and all kind of junk like that. So I was doing the yeah. research. And a lot of the times when I would put in um, router videos, the CNC machine would come up. And I was like, oh, this is cool. It, it kind of remind, reminds me of a way of a 3D printer, but not yeah. really. But it's pretty cool. Then I looked into... Huh, I want. I see a lot of these videos, and a lot of these motherfuckers got goddamn CNC printer. It must be pretty affordable. Then I looked up a CNC printer. I was like, "Oh no, that's not in my budget right now." <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so not affordable. Like, especially if you want a nice one or a big one. Mm-hmm. Like, that's. Uh, I mean, we're you know in in our current state, we we've got two machines that we use, um, and we don't own either of them. We we outsource. Um, the work to one facility in a small shop in North Bend, which is near Seattle. And then the other we use um, is uh, at the uh, boatyard in uh, Port Townsend, where my, uh, you know, my colleague and fellow founder works. And they let us use their machine after hours. So kind of one of our next steps as a business is like, you know, get our own machine, get our own space. But um, yeah, they're like, you know, for the one we would need, like minimum for a good one, 20 grand. Man, see you pulling up once for twenty grand. I was looking at something that was like three thousand two and four thousand. I was like, "You talking about twenty grand? <laughs> God damn!" Yeah, I mean that would be for like one we you know the one we would kind of need for like professional like yeah, high yeah. volume like high volume. large yeah. four, four by eight plywood like kind of stuff. You know, because whenever you get something to that extent or whatever, that'd be something that's going to get some wear and tear, and usually. If you printing in volume like that to where you require that machine, you usually make your money back pretty quickly or, you know, or fairly quickly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And we'll, we'll get there for sure. It's just like um, in the meantime, like our volume level output is it, it's not required that we have our own that we're constantly churning out yet. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get there. But it's um, yeah, the, the ones that, you know, the the that the average person would buy for like personal projects. Yeah. They don't have to be that much. And most of them are a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, that's what got me. Cause when I was like, Hmm, I wonder if I can give me a CNC printer. And then I go, the first place I always go is Amazon. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I seen one for like $189 and one for like 200 something dollars. I was like, Oh man, this is cool. This is all right. Then I looked at it. I said, wait a minute, this is small as shit. How am I fit a countertop in this? Mirror? <laughs> And then I was like, you'd have to like cut, yeah. cut each part out like in one foot squares and then <laughs> exactly glue it all together, <laughs> put some dowels and biscuits in it or whatever. I'm learning these terms because I'm researching. <laughs> there's definitely like a lot of, I mean, even they, there's similarities definitely with them and 3D printers. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just the kind of X, Y axis thing, but like the people People like almost everyone I know who uses one knows how to use the other. Yeah, and like they're big, they're big like they're big nerds about both. Yeah, like because what I can they love them. What I see from the both of them in the um, programming software to get to do what you wanted to do for either the 
3D printer or the CNC machine is very similar from what I saw. Yeah, totally. One um, is going up and one is going down, though. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, the 3D printers have been so one of our one of our um, you know co-founders uh, he owns a space in in Seattle uh, called Seattle Makers that's like a kind of community maker space where people can come and learn how to do 3D printing, CNC, laser cutting, um, you know, a wide variety of skills, and they have a space where they can come and work with those tools and make projects and stuff, and and obviously they're not allowed to have people right now and it's like everything shut down because of the you know the pandemic and so he he turned his whole facility into like a mask and face shield making you know kind of operation and Mm -hmm. those 3d printers are constantly cranking cranking you know the frames out for the face shields and they've mobilized just like a huge community of people printing face shields and sending them in and it's really cool to like see how you know some of these things can be used not only for like you know traditional business stuff but like you know war wartime efforts against viruses and that kind of thing too yeah it, in regards to the 3d printer because i mean you could do a lot of the similar things with the cnc because you cutting out the parts essentially from a piece of material the 3d printer you are printing things with added material to the machine so it's taking the material that's inside the machine and making the item but uh, yeah. with the 3D printer, man, it's just like I've seen people make like uh, guns um, that make freaking they got a guy uh, I, I forget what he called his TikTok or whatever, but I think it's like failed inventions. It's not failed inventions. It's uh, unnecessary inventions. <laughs> and you might have seen him somewhere on the internet. He made um, some Croc gloves <laughs> and uh, he got a cease and desist letter from uh, Croc. He was like, stop making this shit. <laughs> But he make well, he, he makes shit like that just to make it because he can, and he do a lot of that with right. the three D printer. Well, you shouldn't have called him Croc gloves. That was his first mistake. True, you know, they, <laughs> call him ga- Gator gloves. I don't know people. People will get it. <laughs> but it, he make a whole bunch of interesting stuff, and a lot of it comes from three D printers. And I just seen people make small things that um are, that are useful, like. I make video with my iPhone and they'll make these uh, adjustable phone stands that you can use to, um, you know, create videos and everything. So you can do it hands free and they'll make all the mechanisms and parts and pieces out of the 3D printer. And I think that's freaking amazing. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's really interesting how, you know, a lot of these. They is printing um, skin. (laughs) Yeah. Printing skin, dude. Like for your I know. body, <laughs> ah, it's <just> yeah, crazy. <laughs> it, it's really putting a lot of like, in some ways, power, like manufacturing power, back to individuals because it's all of a sudden it's like, you know, there are these t- we've got these tools now that like we can use to fabricate all kinds of stuff that you know for for years we've relied on corporations and other you know sort of actors to provide us but you know now i know multiple people who know how to do 3d printing and cnc work and just kind of in my sphere of friends and acquaintances and it's definitely changing the business landscape a little bit because now it's just so much easier for people to get their inventions and products made without having to go through some giant you know extremely expensive manufacturing plant where they have to 
you, know, you have to give us, a, you know, a thousand orders. Uh, otherwise, we're not going to touch your thing. Mm-hmm. Now people can make types really easily and they can sell small amounts um, and then just kind of increase their, their volume over time because these machines have made it into the hands of the average Joe and kind of the knowledge of how to use them has has, you know, really increased our ability to make stuff. And if you don't know, there's YouTube, the university. Exactly. Of YouTube. <laughs> I made our company's website based on a, you know, hour and a half long YouTube, you know, instructional video. And it's proven useful, not only for our own business, but for some of the like consulting work or helping other companies I've done. And just like, really it's just like i i just spent some time on youtube to learn this like <laughs> so as far as um your products and everything i know um some of the stuff are cut from the cnc machine but as far as the carpentry the assembling and all that stuff did you have any knowledge of this stuff beforehand or did it come you know when you linked up with your friend there yeah, I, I definitely like I've been doing my dad is a wood shop teacher at, oh, at the well, high school he, yeah. he teaches at. And um, so I, you know, I've never been like a, a serious woodworker, like especially in my adult life. But I, you know, had that background doing a couple years of that with him in school and doing projects with him at the home kind of my whole life. And um, my you know friend and co-founder Martin grew up on a farm in the same town oh, yeah, and it's been very handy man. his whole life. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was made. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely like it, but it was just funny. Like I didn't expect to, you know, you never like, it's just funny the way things kind of swing back. Like I never expected to get into the woodworking world in any capacity after school. Like I was like, I'm probably just going to be, you know, kind of working office jobs and doing, you know, like communications work for who knows who, like my whole life. And, um, it's definitely been like a reignition of a uh, something I all you know definitely enjoyed when I was younger. Even though I don't do like a ton of the woodworking right now, I do some because you know we just don't have a huge team. We've got a few people helping us, but you know when you're a startup business, like you gotta wear lots of hats, and sometimes like you gotta wear the hat that's like putting the thing together and just like cranking it out so the customers can get it. Yeah, man, it's biting me in the ass right now because my father can do all that stuff he can if he didn't know how to build it he could break it down to see how it's built that he can put it back together and you know he he has the know-how he was good like mm-hmm. he, he built a lot of shit he built a house in the back of our house to store all my mama extra shit <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know i was privy into a lot of the process and everything and he would try to show me but you know, me being a kid and want to do other things, you know, I didn't really pay attention. So now I say it's biting me in the ass because I'm the one that's trying to build this studio in my garage. And I don't, you know, I'm just relying on a little bit of YouTube, some common sense and, um, you know, uh, occasional call to my father. Be like, hey, I'm doing this. What should I do here? And he said, like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. <laughs> You know, I was like, hell, I should have been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least he's still, you know, willing to be that resource for you. That's great. Yeah. I mean, he started, he came out here and he started the project. He helped me put the walls up and then, but I've been doing everything else. I've been doing the electricity. 
I've been putting the drywall and the taping and the, all the crazy shit. And oh, wow. Yeah. So I've done that all on my own. It's a one man project and it's, it's a learning experience. And what sucks about it is, is like, I think I got a handle on it and I just, out of curiosity, I would go back and research it and they'd be like, instead of doing this, you should do this. I was like, God damn it. I did the other thing you said I shouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, it's too late now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, though that's like that's the that's the journey, though, right? I mean, you you know you're you're committing yourself to lifelong learning, and lifelong learning also entails lifelong failure, you know, in small doses consistently. It's like, um, you know, it's just like anything. We, you know, neither you know myself or my you know co-founder ever started a business, and there's just mm-hmm. been so many things that we've done in our first year where it's just like well like that was that wasn't the best idea but you know you just you keep moving forward because it's you know there's constantly new stuff to learn and experience and you know that failure is part of that and what's the biggest thing for me because like i like to have the tool for the job that i'm doing but at the same time this is not a job like how you you have a business this is something that you would do on a constant basis so you would need a certain amount of tools, a certain tool, particular tools, you know, a lot of tools. I'm doing this one major project for me. And when it comes to purchasing tools and everything like that, it's just almost like I got to stop myself because like, ooh, I need a router. Ooh, I need this impact. Ooh, I need the skill saw. Ooh, I need this and this. And like, it's just because I'm doing this project after this shit is done. I'm not going to really be doing any more woodworking like this again. <laughs> so it's just like, uh, I don't need to buy this, uh, but I want to buy it, but I'll never use it again. And, uh, <laughs> Hey, maybe you will. Like, I mean, it's just like, it's a uh, gear, man. I mean, I know like <laughs> I, I bought a shop vac and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, I, obviously, there's it'll, yeah, obviously, it's cleaning the, so much better. Yeah, obviously, there's the sawdust and you know, all the um, from the freaking spackle and all that stuff that I'm gonna have to clean up. But you know, once this project is done, I'm not gonna be really doing that no more. And I got a shop back just because, <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. if it really like turns out to be useless long term, you can all, you know, as long as it's a uh, well cared for, you can all sell it on Craigslist, I guess. Well, I mean, I'll keep it for, you know, I can vacuum out vehicles and stuff with it. So, I mean, that, that'll be a, a use, but I don't know. And then, you know, because of this project that I'm learning and I'm doing these things on my own, you know, I'm acquiring another set of skills that I really, that I had dormant, <laughs> but, um, I'm looking forward to trying to do more projects because next once yeah. I finish the room and get it painted and everything, I have to put the furniture in there. And as I said before, I'm trying to build this stuff myself because I know if I can do it myself, it'll be a lot cheaper. I mean, I might have a couple of errors and mistakes and it may not be cheaper because I might have to go buy more materials to, to correct my mistake. <laughs> but, you know, measure twice, cut once. You know, I've, I'm learning that. So if I can minimize my errors and damage, you know, it can come out a lot cheaper than buying something pre-constructed or pre-made. Yeah. And, and like, you know, what, even if it's not cheaper, like it would be probably, you know, a lot of times it'd be better 
than something at that price point that you spent on materials. Like I'm building a, a, a one of my kind of pet you know side projects I'm doing right now is I'm building like a speaker cabinet oh, yeah. for my guitar guitar amplifier for my for my electric guitar playing and. Um, I'm just like finding like, okay, like I'm spending quite a bit on all the materials for this, but I'm buying like really nice speakers using really nice wood and really nice hardware and all this stuff. And once it's all put together, you know, a, a cabinet of like similar quality would be probably two or three times the price, even though I could have gotten a much cheaper cabinet. And it's like, I made it and it was fun and it's got like extra, you know, kind of sentimental value and just like a sense of reward because we you know whenever you put something together like that it's like there's a sort of point of pride about it that that feels really good and you know you get to share it with others and i'm all i'm all for it yes indeed so i mean as far as business as current i mean we know we want to get the big twenty thousand dollar uh self-making cnc <laughs> daggone it'll give you a pat on the back when it's finished <laughs> machine right but uh, what are some of your other short-term goals for your business yeah so we we're kind of in our second we just passed like a year since we formally like made our llc happy birthday um, yeah i mean it was like in mid-april so thank you um and you know we've changed what we're you know, what kind of our goals and what we're doing a lot are like before we were doing lots of custom work. We were making things like we built from a Honda element. They were really cool, thoroughly designed, like, but they were just so time consuming to make. And, you know, really like, you know, you're doing something different each time and, um, all the work that the engineer has to put into that. And we were just eventually crunching numbers and realizing that like the prices we would have to ask for, doing all this custom work and making the business sustainable and profitable was just going to be really difficult to, you know, pull off on the market and really, you know, kind of narrow our scope of who we can help, you know, have more awesome car camping adventures, which is ultimately kind of our, you know, spiritual reason for doing this. If you want to, you know, put it in that light. Um, and so we kind of pivoted into making these like more simple, um, things we're calling the trunk bunk that are that are like built with a CNC frame and have these one by three like slatted um, top platforms that expand and contract. So it's this cool little like raised platform bed that expands and contracts into um, you know a single sleeper or a double sleeper, and it's really easy to take in and out of your vehicle, and you can just put it in your closet. It doesn't take up a lot of room, or even if you want to fold your seats back up. Like you can put it in the back of the car and it's something that can be used in like a ton of different vehicles, like truck beds, elements, outbacks, vans, you name it. And so right now we're pushing those and kind of trying to grow that. And from that grow into other things of that nature, like things that can be used in a lot of different vehicles that can be offered at a price point that is agreeable to, you know, the average, the average person. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, really just kind of, growing that and it's definitely you know we're getting a lot of positive feedback and pre-orders are coming in and we're really excited to kind of develop into that that niche a little bit more here and um definitely planning on uh doing like a kickstarter or some kind of crowdfunding campaign where we can get people in and pre-ordering these and get a more like kind of large scale idea of 
um, you know, kind of where our next move is and how many of these we need to start making and all that business. Word. I mean, sounds good to me. <laughs> what, what what I ask is if um, whenever you get that $20,000 self uh, tooling CNC <laughs> machine mm-hmm. that you make me a random Ramsley Rob logo. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can make that work. Yeah. It's the least, the least we could do for, you know, you, uh, inviting us into your world here. That's, um, shouldn't be, shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> Especially for 20,000. How, how big, how big we talking? Are we talking like a four foot by four foot CNC circle of rambling ramblings, you know, random ramblings with Rob? Is that, is that kind of what you're, or are we t- some more modest, you know? Oh, uh, I mean, what do you call modest? <laughs> <laughs> uh, coaster sized. All right, very well. Since you brought up modest, I'll go with the modest one. But the four foot by four foot sounded pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe you could put that on like one of the just it would continue. It'll be like an entire wall in your studio of just the the wooden seal. Well, I mean, why you why you bullshitting? I I do have something like that that I will put up. And um, the way I have it set up is, you know, the way my desk will face the wall behind me, I have um I think I got it from Sticker Mule. It was on sale. It was it's a big wall hanger of my logo and that'll be in the background. So Sweet. I mean, if you if you wanna make something cool with that twenty thousand dollar machine and replace that, I mean I will gladly hang it up <laughs> and it will be in every video ever made in my room. <laughs> right on. Well I'll bring it up with our you know, at, at the end of the day, like um, the clearance for these kind of projects is, is entirely through, mm-hmm. um, the engineer and whether, you know, he, he, he's very, cl- he's very, uh, direct about what he does and doesn't want to do. So, uh, I can, you know, once we get the machine, I'll be like, Hey, so I got this guy in Texas who <laughs> really wants a big logo and he'll, he'll, he'll either, you know, enthusiastically be all over it or he'll be like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, I, I run an LLC as well. And then, you know, you got to cost effectiveness and you know you, whatever you can write off in the end you know maybe <laughs> yeah it never ends for sure <laughs> we we have to say no to a lot of different you know just kind of project proposals that people come to us with because you know we've only got one engineer and it's like mm-hmm. we have to prioritize where we yeah. you know spend that time and we've learned a lot about custom work and it's really cool but it's also just like oh my god so much so much effort and time and yeah you, you know inconsistencies that you have to deal with yeah we, we had the conversation with our previous guest uh jonathan bell and um he was talking about um, being creative and doing a creative thing and then people come to you to for you to do creative things for them and then it's just like i don't feel like doing that sometimes <laughs> you know and it was just like um i kind of had the same sentiment because you know i dealt in uh photoshop and mm-hmm. i still kind of do but not as much as i used to previously and it was getting to the point to where like i would make something and somebody would see it and they'd be like oh that's cool could you do this for me and it, it was getting to where what was starting to turn me off of doing stuff for other people it was like i would get ridiculous requests so this is one as an example, and this is the only one I'm gonna give you. So when I was in the military, you know, I would do these little funny photos and everything and whatnot, and people that I would work with would see it. And then randomly I would get pictures in my phone. You know, they would text me a picture 
which they're already messing up already because how you going to text me a little bitty ass picture and expect me to do some elaborate Photoshop to it? I mean, <laughs> but they would send me a picture of one of our other co-workers or somebody else they know in this particular instance. He sent me a picture of somebody we know mutually holding a fish because we was in South Carolina's big fishing community. They always go fish on lunch breaks and shit. So sure. sent me a picture of one of our co-workers holding a, a fish. I was like, okay, so why are you sending me this picture? Hey, Photoshop out the fish and put a big dick. And I'm like, saw that coming. Why? Because, <laughs> I mean, now let's think of this logistically. If I would have went on with it, <laughs> whatever. First of all, you sent me this low quality ass picture on your phone. <laughs> then I got to, you know, damage my browser history explain to my wife why i'm searching up veiny dicks or whatever or big dicks <laughs> so i can crop me out a dick picture to put in this picture so i mean you see the situation you put me in right now <laughs> and, and ultimately you know you if you were to fulfill that that order you know your your brand is going to be attached to that work you know he's, exactly he's, he's, i'm the big veiny <laughs> dick fish guy <laughs> And then, and then before you know it, you got your inbox is getting bombarded with people being like, "Hey, I saw that work you did. I've got this great image of my friend, like you know, with uh, you know, with like a big bottle of wine, and he's super happy. Can you, you know, put a dick in that instead? It's like you gotta know where to draw the line." Yeah, I mean, that that can be a a big niche. uh, Might be a good community for that, but I mean, that's not one I, I choose to be a part of. Right, right. You know, there's if there's a market for it, someone's gonna come in and fill yeah. it. And you don't you know you don't have to be that guy. Yes, I'm not gonna fill that market with my dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time it's like, you know, one one sense of knowing you've made it as a creative is when you have to you get to turn down work, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like I know that, you know, whether it was my music or um, you know, stuff we did with Camping Car in the early days, it was like whoever will give me money to do the thing. Like for the most part, like I'll say yes. And that's, that's like the first step to, you know, figuring out what you, what you get to say no to later on in life. Word. Cause I mean, it was just like, yeah, yeah. Give me some money and I'll do this shit. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, yeah, totally. sometimes depending on maybe what it is, but most of the time it's just, that means I'm going to have to research this and I'm going to do this. If I'm not filling the project, because most of the time, you know, when I've done work, I've done it for free. And it's been on the strength of I'm scrolling through somebody else's uh, Instagram or, you know, I see a picture that somebody else posted and I was like, I could do something cool with that. And I would take it upon myself to do it. And I would, you know, contact them privately and be like, hey, I want to do this thing or I did this thing. Here's the um, what I've done. Is it okay if I post it if I already did the thing, or is it okay that I use this to do this? Is how it would work, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, I get I like doing that, but when it comes to somebody like here's money, do this thing, I'm just like, uh. I mean, I would like the money, <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> I, I don't want to be constrained, you know, by deadlines and all this stuff. Because when I work on a project for me, or you know, I feel inspired, you know. As I said on the last episode, I can have an idea in my mind and by the time I'm finished with it, it'll be something totally different from what I preconceived it to be. And that 
that's a process for me. It's just like, all right, here's the rough idea. This is what I'm going. Oh, this might look good over here. Ooh, let's take this out and put this here. And, you know, and it, it's a labor of love and time. And yeah, you want to get you want to get into the flow state is I mean, that's really what it's all about. Like anytime you can do work and like you you just start you start a project and then like the the world within that project just kind of opens up in front of you and just the next steps become so obvious and so so easy and effortless and and you know not effortless per se but just like um you don't have to work too hard to get yourself motivated to make it happen because mm-hmm. i've been in situations to where it's like i've knocked out three or four projects within a four or five day span and i was like yeah this was fun and then i'll go a month or maybe more and i was like i don't feel like doing shit else <laughs> right yeah I, I mean it's definitely it's like i definitely don't you know with the business at least don't have a luxury you know do to mm-hmm. approach it quite like that because like we got orders and emails and you know things that have to be done yeah but i definitely take that approach with like a lot of the music i write and those kind of projects it's like there's you know kind of boom and bust periods of productivity and inspiration and um i find that like i benefit from not not being too hard on myself during the bust periods because if i am it's just going to be like longer until i have another like burst of inspiration you just kind of accept where you are and like you know naturally you'll flow back into that creative space again and it'll be you'll make better stuff because you weren't beating yourself up for not being you know perfectly creative all the time mm-hmm. yes i'm talking about woodworking and beating yourself up <laughs> 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 oh crap but um other than the twenty thousand dollar machine that you know you, you eyeball an episode so seductively and whatnot mm. what are some other future ambitions and goals for your company yeah, I mean, we definitely want to, you know, just grow to the point where we've got like, a whole team of employees and a really like kind of established, you know, system of, you know, different products we're, we're churning out and kind of create a, create a way that logistically that all fits together really nicely. And, you know, one of the things that kind of, you know, inspired both of us to get in the business game in the first place was that you know we'd had a mix of experiences working for different places and had seen the good and the bad and kind of wanted to synthesize something that was taking the best parts of the good and like building off them and making it even better and just the act of like creating a system and an organization and a business um, not only kind of from the functional standpoint the things we do on a day-to-day basis but like a cultural standpoint too to really kind of try and be a new influence in that world of, you know, work and kind yeah. of help people and ourselves like change our understanding of what that has to look like and build something that's, um, you know, really you know, a positive influence on the world, I guess. Like I, d- you know, through all of this, don't want our business to become this sort of, you know, machine for only for growth and for gaining money and for just kind of mindlessly consuming resources Mm. in the name of profits. Like I want it to be this sort of, you know, like those businesses that, you know, you, 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 you support them because you know that like the people behind them have good intentions and are 
providing a, a good place for their employees to work and are giving back to the community and really just like, you know, being a, a shining beacon in a sea of kind of crap, so to speak, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's really like from a kind of a spiritual standpoint, one thing I really want to make sure that this becomes is a, you know, we're, we're taking some pretty different approaches with how we are organizing this and making sure that it's going to be, you know, as, as, as positive as it possibly can. Work. So, I mean, we, we've covered your excursion through the northern areas and we're not mm-hmm. um, through uh, your journeys and your spirit quest. I keep calling it a spirit quest because that's, that's where you went and you discovered yourself. You forged yeah. off the land and, you know, became your own man and whatnot and came back a manlier man. Did you grow a beard? <laughs> Did you grow a beard? Oh, I've had a beard for like eight years, but it definitely like... It definitely gained in mass uh, at points when I was in Alaska. Oh, man, I, I miss my beard. I, my job won't allow me to have one. They pay me well enough oh, for me to keep it off, but I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> no. The, the, <laughs> well, maybe when you, know, when you retire or, or leave that job someday, you can, you can grow it back and you'll have like, you know, it'll be like uh, an even more epic beard because you've, it's got like years of uh, – experience and just repression wanting to burst out of your face yes yeah one day one day yeah <laughs> totally. but, but sir i mean it's been uh great to follow you on your epic journey through these uh hours of art well hour of audio but uh this is where we put the pin in it until next time so oh no, that's great yeah totally so before you go let everybody know where they can find you and your business on social media yeah. So, um, as Rob said, we're camping car. That's uh, spelled C A M P space N space C A R. And, uh, you can find us online. Just Google search us. You'll find our website. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and, uh, definitely, you know, feel free to reach out if, um, you know, what we're talking about resonates with you either. If you just want to chat and talk business, like if you, even if you have no interest in buying anything from us, just reach out and say hello and what's up. And if you are interested in buying something uh, and you you know don't live in Seattle, we're definitely more than happy to talk about how we can ship something to you so you can have some sweet uh, car camping adventures. Um, have y'all made anything for like the bed of a truck? Yeah. So I mean, we haven't um, done like a custom job for the, a truck before, but we've sold one of our uh, current models of the trunk bunk to someone with a truck bed. And it works great. I mean, you just plop it in the back of the truck and it gives you a little elevated um sleeping platform that you can store some gear underneath and um gives you a nice more like kind of even feeling surface for you to lay lay your mattress down on and it's uh, it's great works for trucks wonderfully yeah because that's what i was kind of i was it just popped in my head because i have a truck and i was just wondering like how that would uh seat up with the wheel wells being in the truck bed and whatnot yeah yeah so the these don't like sit high enough to like go over wheel wells necessarily but you know if you're okay with that if you just like to you know the middle the middle space kind of between the wheel wells is usually plenty enough to sleep one or two people on one of these if you can um if you if it's long enough you know not all truck beds are yeah a lot of those truck beds nowadays are kind of short like they're too small for people to lay in the back of but yeah i'm kind of sad about that because i wanted a long bed truck but i found one for 
affordable price. And um, I kind of went with that. But I went to get some sheets of drywall. And I was very upset that I had to put my tailgate down to haul them off. And I was like, oh, man, I just needed a couple, yeah. I just needed a couple more inches and I can close my tailgate. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like the new trucks, like, I mean, they're cool. Like, don't get me wrong, but I think they like are prioritizing like cab space, like yeah. for six people and everyone to have their own, you know, fan or whatever. And then like the truck bed is like, you know, four Secondary. and a half, five feet yeah, long. It's like, but I mean, it. It, it worked out for what I needed, but anyway, yeah. Totally. That's an idea for you to think about. Just, uh, you know, wheel wheel spaces for your little yeah. joints and whatnot. Cause, definitely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely be like, um, you know, as time goes on, developing the models that we're offering and having one that sits higher is definitely something that's kind of on our short list of next mm-hmm. next things to do. And one other thing people could do, you know, if, if what we have to offer right now isn't exactly your bag, like definitely follow us on social media because we're going to come up with new stuff. But also, if you go to our website, www.campandcar.com, and go to the bottom, um, you can find an email list to subscribe to. And we'll anytime something new is coming out, we're sending out emails and making sure people are staying in the loop there. Word. Andre could have used one of your products on his excursion when he went out. <laughs> I know. He's got a sweet van, too. I'm honestly a little jealous of his van. He's got one of those, like, toyota mm-hmm. like 90s toyota import vans with all-wheel drive and yeah. it's just like those are those are cool man i love those yeah, it's pretty badass yeah i need to hook up and do a pimp my van edition <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad idea you know yeah. maybe that's like our you know the next evolution in a few years as we have a uh, a van conversion tv show or something like that yeah or that can be a good marketing tool i mean if you have the funds in the right place and um proper backing you can just have yeah. giveaways and drawings be like we'll pick one person and we'll convert your your hula hula gula mobile to whatever <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there for sure yeah, yeah you will it's that. not if it's when yeah, totally. Yeah. And right next to all your projects or whatever, you can be building that uh, Random Rounds with Rhyme logo sign. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell Martin about that and see, you know, I'll, I'll be able to tell pretty quickly his reaction and I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> Very well. I'm, I'm just anticipating the um, reaction. <laughs> Maybe I'll get my phone out and, and just covertly kind of uh you know record his face while i ask him and i'll, I'll send it to you very well I, i'll be waiting with bated breath <laughs> <laughs> i'll be hear it i'll be waiting like a moose in the frozen tundra of alaska oh yeah wait waiting for spring <laughs> that'll never come <laughs> <laughs> it comes it comes like at the end of may for like two weeks and then it's summer oh screw that anyway <laughs> all right thank you thank you for coming and, Thanks, uh, Rob. Appreciate it. Yes. And that was another delightful guest from the Seattle area. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm getting all these people from Seattle on the show and whatnot. Is uh, I guess I had to name them. They're like a super group or some shit because we got the Seattle Superman. We got Andre Psyche. Uh, if we had a power set, I guess it would be like some psychic healing ability or some shit like that. And then we got... Um, your boy here, Steve, they're gonna you know, you do the camping car stuff, so his superpower would be like Green Lantern esque to where he can like summon objects from his mind and shit and build stuff and um shit. 
So we need, I guess, one more. I mean, we have the Trinity here. We got Andre, we got the Seattle Superman, and we got Steve. So that's our main three, just like almost Justice League-like. And um, I don't know. We, we got to find some other Seattle characters to kind of fill in the void and whatnot. But we got our three here, and I guess we can call them um, the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> But a uh, great chat. And speaking of Seattle, I mean, they catching hell right now with all these protests and whatnot. Um, go out there and keep up the good fight there, people. And uh, inflict that change. But yeah, um, great episode. There's more to come. And, uh, you know, that's just this is another example of someone taking a passion of theirs and trying to turn it around into a business. You know, same thing with uh, Jonathan, the last episode, same thing with Steve and his partner for this episode. So I'm hoping you're catching the trend here or whatever. If you're out there listening, you know, find something that you thoroughly enjoy and try to make a profit from it. You know, so I thoroughly enjoy this podcast, but um, profits are coming in incrementally, you know, teeny tiny and whatever. I'm spending more than I'm getting in, as you can tell from um well not so much lately but it'll be more often uh my instagram building the studio i done spent in the past two days over hundreds of dollars on paint and everything for the different furniture and everything that i'm putting in there uh, my computer just came in yesterday my air conditioner just came in yesterday um all my little hookups and doodads came in i got some more tools my monitors all this shit is here, just waiting for the air conditioner to be installed, and then the games can truly begin. So I got to get back to that. So I appreciate you all for listening. I got some cabinets to hang and, you know, some other furniture to paint and whatnot. But as always, you can follow me on Twitter at 3R Show. I'm slowly integrating back into the social media game. I've been posting uh present and past episodes i hadn't really been interacting too much but i'm there i'm still checking my dms and whatnot and you know just kind of uh, being a looky loo being a creeper and whatnot and you can also follow me on instagram at the 3r show so check that out i got some more office updates on there and got some more video content coming up on the youtubes and whatnot uh, myself the Colt 45 podcast and the state your take podcast. Uh, number one downloaded. Well, not number one, uh, number two in the top five for the month of April and May. So uh, check those guys out. We all got together. Um, I guess not too long after the, uh, the mini protests start and whatnot. And we just kind of gave our thoughts and opinions on the state of blacks in America. So that'll be a video that I'll be posting on my YouTube page here soon. And um, I think the guys, Ed and Aaron on State Your Take already have the video up on their YouTube. So check them out, State Your Take. And for anything else that I may have missed, you can find on randomrob.com. Also on randomrob.com, you can find many different ways to help support this podcast and help me freaking finish this goddamn office. (laughs) Buy a shirt. 
uh, shirt with equate to almost a bucket of paint, uh, some other things that I need, some wires, some cables that I'm going to need to wire all these electronics up with. So if you can purchase a shirt, a hat, a button, a book, it's all there on randomrob.com. Hit the merch tab. Also, you can be a Patreon, uh, which all it is is a dollar, dollar a month. But at the same time, when I talk about Patreon, you are willing to give me a dollar a month for 12 months. That's twelve dollars. You can buy a T-shirt and that'll be 18 bucks. So that's 18 months worth of pledge that you can do up front instead of a dollar incrementally. You know, so that's something to think about. Um, check out the sponsors hooks rubs and spices you go to hooks rubs and spices dot etsy dot com and you can um, find some delicious treats for your mouth and you can get 15% off your order if you use promo code random also you can go to poddex.com and you can get 10% off your order if you use promo code random so the one last thing, the most important thing that you can do to help the show, you don't have to spend a dime of your money to do it. You just need to, well, you need to spend a little bit of your time. I mean, time equals money, I guess. So, I mean, you're spending money in a metaphorical sense, I guess. So, take a little bit of your time and write a review. You know, Apple Podcasts or wherever have you that you listen to the show, if they have a review system, go ahead and hook your boy up with a review really helps out the show and I can get some of that corporate money and you ain't got to spend a dime on this show to continue to listen for free as you have been for over four years, which I appreciate very much. With that being said, I got some work to do and I will see you next time.